Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to the podcast. I am feeling into how to talk about today this early loss experience that I had this week. Just kind of diving in because that was my week. (laughs) There's not too much more of an update. And to make it less abrupt, I will lead in by sharing that I finally am going to start this pregnancy care circle in February. What is that, you might ask? Hmm, well, it is a gathering of women, virtually, of course, who want to be present for a topic around pregnancy, which is so deep and so vast. Uh, Today's topic is sort of part of that, so without meaning to. My experience this week has led me to finally, again, going ahead with scheduling the first month of this circle. Pregnancy care. Okay, that means so many things. So it will be something that unfolds over time. To keep it simple, there will be a topic each month. And again, this was not planned, but came in as the topic for February, the topic will be spirit babies. And I'm definitely going to touch on some of my spirit baby experience from this week. But again, because timing is so divine, because the universe really does work in our favor, these things are co-mingling for me up in the stratosphere, up in the stars, And I'm bringing them down to talk about. So talking about early loss today, uh, but spirit babies coming up in February, you can find the link with the show notes. This circle is basically for anybody, but I think it will be particularly useful for those of you that are pregnant, those of you that plan to be pregnant. And of course, those of us that work with women in pregnancy, whether you call yourself a doula, a midwife, or anything in between. Pregnancy care is seriously one of my passions. Um, I have said that before, I really truly mean it. And not just through communication with my own spirit baby this week, but the fact that, and I'll get into this, uh, for me, loss really brings a new level of life to my own experience, as funny as that might sound, I was reminded of my passion, of the things that I really do have interest in and want to pursue. So I would love if you would join this uh, February month of the Pregnancy Care Circle. Every month will be a different topic and you're free to join or not join. There is a nominal donation for each circle. I believe I have it at $29 per circle. So I think that's super accessible for getting to sit and be immersed in a topic, whatever the topic may be for the month. I hope that my wisdom, my passion comes through and really inspires you during these circles, really gives you concrete um, resources and tools at times and brings together a community that truly cares about supporting all the layers and levels and realities and existences of a woman when she is in the phase of growing a new life. It's just not nothing, as you'll hear today, even when it doesn't turn out how we hope or how we want. It's still 
a mystery. It's still a miracle. And with every experience we have, no matter how long a pregnancy lasts, I was reminded this week that there still is so much to explore about ourselves, about the universe, um, you know, about why our soul is here. And if we're able to get clues about why other souls choose to come in, hence spirit babies, uh, then, you know, I think we're even better off in this mystery. We're even more connected. So again, um, check the link for details, how to sign up. And again, it's not a huge commitment. It's join if you want to for the month, check out the topic, see if it appeals to you, resonates with you. If it does, great, uh, pay the fee and join us. And if you do, or even if you don't, but you sign up, you will of course receive a recording. And we'll see how that goes. You know, there's always different ways of trying things and different formats and all of that. But I'm really feeling good about this. So we'll see if you all, the community at large, agrees. And if sitting in circle and exploring these amazing topics together is something that feels right with you. Okay, well, where to start? There's so much to say about all of these things, really. Um, specifically my own experience this past week, which I shared briefly in a newsletter. And thank you, thank you, thank you to all the sweet souls that responded, replied just to say, hey, I'm thinking about you, Um, I understand, or, you know, whatever, whatever words you all used to send me comfort. I really appreciated that. And it was a good reminder for me too, in supporting women, that you don't need to know more of what to say when someone experiences a loss. Uh, I think we have such a fear of saying the wrong thing. And I guess more is less. More is really less because I was also reminded just the truth of the matter which is even when a woman is well supported and she has women friends and, you know, I have an amazing husband and children and all that, there's still like birth is not a lot for anybody to do. And there's something really freeing about that. So I'm offering that because many of you have had a loss, right? And many of you will also support someone through a loss, whether it's a sister, friend, niece, or in a more, you know, professional manner. Hopefully, we all get the chance to do that. I think it's really important to have the experience of being present for what is essentially death, Uh, you know, no matter if it happens really early, which is what I'm going to talk about today, or of course, later. So more is less, I was reminded of that. And just the simple thought of keeping, you know, keeping someone in your thoughts. Um, It really is, it really is that simple. We don't have to have the great words of the universe and the masters to share with someone. In fact, again, I really do think less is more. I came across a post this week of someone who's in our community, kind of, she experienced a loss and I knew about it because she had emailed me about it. And so I was just checking out her social media this week. And there were beautiful comments. But again, I was reminded that less is more. Some of the comments were like really involved. And, you know, having just experienced this myself, reading the comments just felt like, oh my gosh, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot for a woman to take in when she's feeling really vulnerable and raw even if you mean the best. So miscarriage 101 is just to keep it simple, I think. Of course, there are various stages. (sighs) And that kind of makes me feel a little overwhelmed, honestly. Um, Not maybe surprisingly overwhelmed with sadness or grief at the moment, but overwhelmed with the vastness (laughs) of this experience of loss in general. It doesn't always seem to matter if it's early or late, 
obviously there are huge differences there. There are huge differences for the mother, for the baby, for what that means. But it's amazing how in such a short time of pregnancy, there can be so much accumulated in a sense, right? So much hope, so much projection into the future. And for me, that's where the sadness comes in when I do feel it. And I definitely have. It's not that I'm not okay in this moment. I am. I am okay in this moment. And I was okay in the moments that it was actually happening. And I'll talk more about that. But there is something for sure that brings on grief. The projected future. The projected future that suddenly shifts. I think that's the most shocking thing that I felt this week again. And to back up a little bit, I have experienced loss before. I have experienced two about five week miscarriages. So this would be my third. And you know, this is in a 20, 22 year span of life giving and pregnancies. So not abnormal, I'm sure. So this made three early pregnancy losses. And many of you know already about my later miscarriage with my son, Sable, which feels entirely different in a lot of ways, and of course, similar in others. But focusing today on this five week loss, and I do use the word loss And I do use the word miscarriage and I'm not convinced of either of them, to be honest. Loss feels right at times because there was a thing. There was a a person, a potential person, and now it's not. I can feel that as a loss in some parts of myself and I don't in others. I don't. I feel other sensations in my body. One could potentially feel gain. Really, truly. And nobody else needs to take that on if it doesn't feel right for you. But in some moments, knowing that this was perfect, it is perfect, that all is okay, that it was so graceful, Um, I can see it as a gain in a sense. So that might sound crazy, but just playing with the semantics of the words. And then miscarriage. I don't like this word. Maybe I shouldn't use it, but I have used it. And I think it gets the point across. And actually, it does bring forth a very important part, very important, a very important piece of any kind of story like this, which is this element of feeling shame, of feeling guilt. And I think the word miscarriage actually communicates that whether we like it or not, to me anyway, right? To miss something, uh, a mistake, right? To miscommunicate means something went wrong. And It's very difficult when you're the womb, you're the woman, you're the one who's carrying the life to not feel a sense of failure, honestly. And as I say that, I wish it weren't true. And I know it's not true in my head. I don't believe that. And I don't believe any of you that have ever had a baby die in any capacity, in any role, as mothers, as midwives, I don't believe that we are to blame. I don't. In this big picture of life, souls have their mission. So this is part of the spirit baby conversation. They're not babies. These are souls. And each soul has the reason that they incarnate or choose not to. So I'm very immersed in that perspective, yet I will be honest, my body this week definitely held some guilt and shame. And I can feel it even now as I'm continuing to work through this, right? So it was 
on Wednesday. And perhaps I'll tell the longer story in a minute here, but the official bleeding started on Wednesday. It is now Sunday. I am not bleeding so much anymore. But I can still feel in my solar plexus, so not my womb, actually, for me, and I'll talk more about that, but for me, in my belly, in my power center, my solar plexus, I feel still the remnants of this miss, of this, you know, something not going right, as if I'm God, right? As if I was the only part of the equation, obviously. When you're making a baby, that is not the case, right? But I'm honoring this because from this spiritual perspective, from this somatic perspective, it feels important to honor. It feels important to speak out loud that this lives in my body right now, that it is not me, that it doesn't need to stay. But it is part of, I think, a universal experience of being a woman and having this happen. And you could say that perhaps that's even passed down, right? Generally, generationally, ancestrally, even in just the collective. That when we hear of another woman who's experienced a loss, we potentially could feel that even then in our own bodies. We could even pick up on guilt or shame Maybe it's coming from her. And again, maybe it's the collective, right? Because they're definitely, and I don't even need to say this, but I am saying it because I think it's important. I know so many of you listening have had losses. I mean, I, everyone I know virtually that's of their childbearing years has had this experience at one time or another. And I know there is guilt and shame around it. And I probably could spend the whole podcast talking about that, but I'm going to just leave it there and be honest and say, that's in my body. I'm still working with it. I've felt it all week. In fact, the sensations started in my solar plexus as a numbness. So let me take you back a little in the story and I'll share more about what was coming through for me in my body. All right, we're backing up a little bit in the timeline here of this story. Story is so important, isn't it? (sighs) Winter solstice, such a beautiful time, such a time of possibility, such a time of the future unearthing itself in this way. And so it was a time of conception. Really interesting that I've shared with you, if you've been listening along the last month or so, I also had this beautiful experience of welcoming a new life, uh, a dog life, a canine life into my own at about the same time. And it might sound crazy and it might sound woo woo and that's fine, but I know it to be true because At exactly the same time I conceived, this dog came into my life. So reflecting, perhaps you could speculate, right? Reflecting uh, the inside, reflecting the internal experience that my body was having without me even knowing it necessarily on the outside with this outward feeling of, again, holding new life. And funny, it was something I was very intellectually considering at the time. I knew that another dog was supposed to come in. And so that week, especially that week of solstice, I was deliberating, you know, did I want to start with a puppy? Or, you know, did I want to go another route? And of course, as you probably know, this Aussie boy, this two year old rescue came into my life. But Again, the, the actual sensation in my body was excited, uh, excited to like have a new energy around, excited to raise him, so to speak. And all I can say is that I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing how the universe works and how our bodies pick up on things because 
That's exactly what was happening. It was happening inside. It was happening outside my body. And I really bring um, comfort to myself, honestly, because that was outside of my conscious control. I didn't plan that, but it was aligned. And I'd go so far to say that somewhere in this spirit journey of this soul coming in, there was this intertwining actually with the dog. Again, might sound crazy, but dogs are souls too, right? They have spirits. Who knows what they were, where they came from? In other words, we don't really know. And I think that's part of the spirit baby conversation that we'll be having in February. Um, souls enter and they have gifts and they have purposes. And sometimes they kind of simultaneously seem to come in at really crucial times. So I've heard stories and I've had the experience even well, with my other children of having a soul come in maybe when another soul leaves deliberately, right? Like, so someone in your family dies and you get pregnant. It's not unusual. So the dog thing might sound funny, but it definitely um, struck me later that that was uh, a thing. So I'm going to take a two second pause actually to let the dog out. Oh, the beauty of podcasting in your own house with children and animals everywhere. Maybe Ozzy didn't like the, the talk about him. I'm not sure, but he wanted out. So there he goes. Okay, so that was the conception story. Um, it felt very possible that I would be pregnant. And again, maybe it was all of those factors. Maybe it was holding this new life energy that attracted it. You could hypothesize a lot of things there. But when my cycle didn't arrive, I didn't feel terribly surprised. I have been this way many times before. In fact, this was my 14th. Isn't that crazy? 14th pregnancy. I am very well versed at how pregnancy feels in my body, which is the next topic. And although the bleeding didn't arrive, my body really didn't feel pregnant. Now, many of you have your own experiences, and I think it's really valid to just be like, oh, yeah, well, it's early. It's early, and what are you supposed to feel? But for me, that has not been the case with most of my children that are Earthside. There is a very specific way it has felt in my body literally from before a period was due. So I'm opening my journal here just to kind of like give me some timeline stuff. But I did write in there the day before my period was due, I think, that I didn't feel pregnant, but I also didn't feel like it was coming. And just that I was going to be with that and see where it went. <laughs> Sorry, lots of lots of journaling here. Uh, come on, notebook, where are you? Okay, I'm passing the the feeling of new life that was just right around conception, uh, bringing in Ozzy, whose name, as I said, means God's power. Um, oh, geez, I, I, I journal so many things. So there was all kinds of dreams. So I did actually have a dream right around conception that I was pregnant, and that a midwife here was invited by me to not touch my belly, basically. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, dreams are so important to me. So I probably would have forgotten that part if I hadn't been looking. So yeah, um, just not feeling pregnant, but not like it was coming and just kind of being like, well, we shall see. And of course, being the nerd that I am, figuring out what it would mean if I was pregnant. And it turns out that the due date, whatever that means, right, 
would have been 9-9, so September 9th. And I really liked that. In hindsight, uh, maybe I'm feeling a little jaded, right, in a sense that we don't quite know what it means. I don't. Maybe you do. I trust life. I trust my body. And that was a key theme that came through. Um, But I actually don't know anything. And it's so fun to look for signs along the way. And I usually do, right? So 9-9, that's a really cool number. It's very auspicious. I love nines. But in the end, right, it didn't mean what I thought it meant. So not to say it has no meaning, but I also think there is a way to get over optimistic or sometimes it's overly pessimistic. It can go either way with the signs that we see. And we forget even when we have a lot of experience and even when we do trust that we actually don't know the path of another soul. And again, that was a key lesson that came through for me. I'll share more in the spirit baby talk, but we don't actually control the other soul's destiny. So that does play into the the guilt, the shame, anything else that might come along that might make us feel like we were somehow responsible for what another soul chooses. I did notice that I felt some interesting uh, uterine sensations. So I didn't feel crampy like a period was coming, you know, those kind of feelings I wasn't feeling, but I was feeling other things. So some pulling and that kind of stuff in my uterus. By the time I got to the missed period date, I actually wrote in my book, it feels like a miscarriage. I wrote that. I wrote that with my own hand. And you know, that's kind of the beautiful and weird and freaky thing about journaling. Sometimes you say things that you don't remember you said, (laughs) because over the course of the week of being pregnant, I talked myself out of it a million times. I was like, oh, well, maybe it's just different this time. Maybe this will be a unique pregnancy in its own way. Maybe this, maybe that. But I knew I knew the day that a period was due that it felt like the other times I had had a miscarriage. And I don't mean that to sound overly ominous in a sense, um, if you're listening and, you know, you're pregnant or you have your own experience. I just know for me, I know for me what it feels like to be pregnant. And the short version of that is that I feel amazing. That pregnancy has always felt amazing to me until morning sickness kicks in, but I wasn't at that point. So I didn't feel great. And I had rationalized it that my daughter had been sick. So I had different ways of being like, well, again, maybe this is different. Maybe I'm just tired. In hindsight, of course, I did know. And my body was doing a sort of odd thing. It is a very odd version, in a sense, sort of dark humor, right? To be pregnant, but to not be pregnant, it's like a weird intermediate version. And that's exactly how it felt in my body. So for the week that I was probably technically pregnant, and I know I was, I just, I don't take pregnancy tests. So that wasn't really on the table. Um, I was, but I was like this version that didn't feel good to me. So I was kind of nauseous. I had no appetite. I was hot, which is a weird thing. I was kind of dizzy and I just felt off. And again, if I hadn't had two other losses, maybe I wouldn't have been as tuned in. But even in sharing it with some friends, um, you know, just what you would expect, right? People saying, oh, well, like, maybe it's just too early or whatever, or I hope everything's okay. And I actually said to one of them very nicely, because I appreciated the support, I actually don't hope it's okay. Like I had this knowing in me that it wasn't okay, right? And so I didn't want it to be okay. Like I didn't want a pregnancy that wasn't okay to continue. And so I'll get to that point in the, the more spiritual story here. So that was the day of the missed period, you know, the day, the day after. And I was just sort of in this limbo again of feeling like, what's going on, you know, and expecting to bleed any minute. But at the same time, 
building up this tower that I know we all do. So really, really humbling, um, you know, and very vulnerable to say a period can be 24 hours late and I'm with the best of them. I'm, I'm there in my mind, you know, I, I see it. And as far as this spirit, like, I'm so excited. I feel like I know who this is. And, you know, all the ways that we do build up our future, which again, I think that's the most devastating part of the whole thing for me. So what does any, um, you know, spiritually connected person do? They ask to dream about it. And my dreams do not lie. I won't go on right now about different dreams I've had in pregnancies and in losses, but they follow the thread. They either follow the thread of like everything's great and healthy and vibrant, and they can follow the thread of everything's not. So I asked to dream and the dream was very, very clear. In my dream, there was a baby and there was definitely something wrong with the baby. And I don't quite remember because it was more of a felt sensation, but the baby was not right. And it wasn't mine in the dream, but it was mine. So, you know, even that's an interesting, like, hmm, Freudian thing to think about, right? Like, it wasn't mine, but it was. And I was supposed to nurse this baby. And that felt really odd because I wasn't connected. So that was very clear to me. And I didn't like that. I woke up. And of course, I thought, oh, well, maybe I'm wrong, like I do every time. And I wasn't. And I really at that point was done in a sense, like I had many times over the week of kind of taking it back and being like, oh, no, everything's fine. I love you, baby. And then literally the next hour, I'd be like, okay, this is done. Could you just go? And that might surprise you, but that's how I felt. And I was willing, obviously, to be in it, but... I didn't want to be in it longer than I had to, if that makes sense. Um, this was so graceful. You know, I, I feel for the different ways this can happen. And I think we all know what those can look like, right? So you can be pregnant a lot longer and things aren't okay. Um, I had the experience of having, you know, an actual baby that was completely formed die in my body, probably because something wasn't right. So I did not need to experience that again. I think I was fine. I was fine with it going. Um, so there was some relief there to just kind of put those pieces together and just say goodbye and just like, come on, blood, you know, and I was actually waiting for it, like looking for it. And I got what I wanted. I spotted the next day or maybe it was that night. So my body totally listened in my opinion and I don't think that's weird. I think there is that connection between our hearts, our bodies, our minds, our souls, right? And so it was like more parts of me were getting the message. Um, and of course, I believe my body was getting the message as well. Bodies can take the time they take with loss. It doesn't usually happen within hours. The body has to kind of get the signal. So I was giving it the signal very consciously that this was not okay. And I was heartbroken uh, when I saw the first little bit of spotting and it was the tiniest bit. And again, I love I love all of you supportive friends that I have. And even my husband, you know, most most of them were like, well, you know, lots of women have bleeding in pregnancy. Uh, spotting isn't that weird and doesn't sound major and all the things we know as midwives or people that work closely with women in pregnancy, right? There's lots of women that have bleeding and I wasn't cramping. And so blah, blah, blah. All's to say that there was a little bit of hope coming from other people and coming from me. But when I tuned in, when I checked in, I knew that it wasn't okay. And it was such a weird place to be to have that knowledge but to still be in it, right? And to say to the universe, okay, give me it. Like, give me what's needed here, right? I'm ready. And I don't know why this is taking the time it is, but 
I'm here in this and it will be okay. So I remember feeling a lot of things in my body and I don't mean cramping and that sort of thing. I mean, just energetically, uh, really feeling my uterus in this benevolent way. And that's something that continued through this whole week of bleeding and now being on the other side of that, feeling this groundedness of my uterus. I don't know how else to say it. Like my uterus wasn't sad. Uh, She wasn't affected. She was just doing her job and using her wisdom to hold life or to hold death, like kind of without judgment. And I felt that so strongly, which I haven't always felt. Um, You know, there have been other times where I felt that my uterus really was holding on or, you know, sad or whatever it was. But this time it just felt like business. It felt like, nope, not right now. This is not right. Bye bye. And I didn't feel any emotion coming from there. So that was a little tricky when I was in this waiting period because I expected to feel more grief or sadness. And even now, uh, that's not where I'm feeling it. My uterus is like, okay, cool, done. That was easy. That was fine. And it was. My body is amazing. And I have been so lucky and blessed with the losses I've had that they've been beautiful and simple. And my body just does the job. And that's not everybody's experience. So no judgment if you're somebody that had a really rough time. That just hasn't been mine. So I'm grateful. My uterus did a great job. She was just kind of like, yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, But my my belly, my solar plexus, as I said, I realized through the week was numb. It was not allowing me to feel this grief. And that's where the grief was living. So that was interesting to feel and now be on the other side of and kind of decode. Because all week I was like, what is this? Like, why do I feel just gross? Like I feel nauseous. And when I would tune in, it was like, I can't get to it. Like, what is what is there? You know, what is being protected? And so now that I'm through it, I can see that my body was actually self-protecting from feeling this deep knowing, this deep grief. So I got it. Like I got a little bit of it anyways through the spotting, through the dreams, but my body was holding on to that. And I respect that. I I respect that there was that part of me that really didn't want me to go there yet. Um, But I knew it was there. So it was such an interesting thing to feel and to notice. And even now, as I shared already, uh, there's still there's still stuff there, but I'm feeling it now. So I'm grateful to be feeling it because the numbness was weird. Uh, To be numb in an area is weird because you don't feel anything. So now I'm feeling it. And I mentioned the grief, uh, the shame and guilt and and the grief is real. And there's also just something really, um, how do I say this? Like destruction of self, destruction of self that I feel there. And I'm not quite in touch with it yet. So maybe that's for another day, another podcast. This is just where I am right now, which I know is what it is. Uh, It's not all gonna be neatly wrapped up in a bow today. But there's something about me that loves the snapshot. I think it's just the artist in me that loves that still picture that still frame, right? Like, woman, woman who just miscarried a few days ago. Like that's, that's the still picture here, right? It's not done. And I don't have any grand conclusions. I'm still in some of it. So the sensations in that area of my body, I'm sure will speak to me more as I listen, because again, there's something about destruction of self in there that I'm looking forward to. I don't see that as a bad thing. I don't, I see that loss for me in its different flavors that have come throughout my reproductive years here, they have all been so pivotal in transformation for me. I just realized that this morning. So again, realizations are coming in. They'll still come in. They'll come in a month from now, a year from now. But I had that realization that every loss I've had 
there has been some kind of rapid personal transformation that has come soon after. And that's not an accident. There's no way that could be an accident. So spirit baby wise, you could, again, hypothesize, even in your own experience that these souls do all come with a mission, they don't all come with the mission of life for themselves. But because they are connected to us, because we do call them in, in the ways that we do, there is always growth for us. There is always growth for us. I'm waiting to see. I can already feel the sprouts of some new things growing, uh, new directions I want to take in life, exciting ways of doing birth work, of shining my own light in the world. So I honestly, truly mean that. Having the experience of bleeding, of loss, can be so many things, obviously. And sad is definitely one of them. So just to even it out, uh, yesterday, yesterday was the day that it really hit me. And it might hit me again, and it might not, and I'm up for any of it. But yesterday, so let's see, that would have been four days after, four, three or four days after, Yesterday was the day that I realized I was pregnant and now I'm not. And just saying that to myself yesterday was hard and I cried and I slept and I cried and I felt it some more, but I needed to do that. I needed to feel that. And there is no magic recipe for any of us. So feeling lost, not making sense of it, not ever making sense of it is sometimes the medicine. And again, I don't have all the answers, even for myself, I don't have this all neatly tied up in a bow, uh, just sharing where it is right now. And right now, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Hmm. Let's see, I think that's kind of nearing the end here. Uh, The bleeding just continued a little bit by little bit, which was maddening. But I guess the last thing I want to share that really does relate to the spiritual side of the story is that it felt like I had power still and control still. And some of that might just be coping. I'm totally aware of that. Some of it might just be story so that this makes sense. Uh, But there is a part of me that knows it is very real that we have power in our own bodies and we have power over our wombs because they are us. So sharing the story of this part, I think, helps me make sense and maybe it'll help you, maybe it'll just be interesting. But I decided with the spotting. So again, I had a tiny little spotting one day and nothing. And then the next day, nothing. And so it was kind of that pattern all week where it was just a tiny bit, enough to make me think nothing maybe was wrong, even though, again, I knew deep down. So I decided to sit with this feeling of indecision in a way. Like if I was feeling conflicted, maybe the soul was feeling conflicted. Maybe it was like not quite sure if it was coming or going or what was happening here. So... I decided I was going to sit in the driver's seat, even though, again, I'm not in control of other souls. I am responsible for what happens in my body. So I chose a card. I did a little ceremony. I did a little ritual. And I connected with this soul. And I said, here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what my womb is open for. I'm open for health and vitality and a soul that wants to incarnate here on earth in a healthy manner. They want to be part of our family. I have been very clear even in the past that I don't want to do a pregnancy that feels uncertain. Like I don't want to do that. I would rather not do that than do that. And we can all draw our own boundaries. Um, Again, many women have had very successful, beautiful, healthy pregnancies with bleeding. But for me, that's just not 
something that feels super negotiable other than the fact that I always say for the highest good of all. So I think as humans, we do need to be careful with what we demand and what we say we want. Um, It's always for the highest good of all. So I will be in a pregnancy that has spotting if it's for the highest good of all. But if it's not, I don't want that. I don't want the stress of that. I don't want to be wondering about that. I don't want that. And I am willing to hold a pregnancy again that is vital and healthy. And frankly, I'm not willing to hold one that isn't. And again, that might sound weird or harsh, but that might really resonate with a lot of you because, you know, rabbit hole here. I think the whole discussion around, you know, abortion even, um, and I did another podcast about this a year or two ago, like to me is irrelevant. I don't need permission from someone else because I'm in control of my womb. I get to say what enters and what doesn't. And that doesn't make me God because again, I'm not. And for the highest good of all means that if I'm meant to have this experience of whatever it is, I'm still going to have it. Like I don't ultimately get the final say, Um, but I do have boundaries and I can have this intention. So that is powerful. And I think that was one of the powerful lessons that came through here uh, was setting that. And so I was clear and I said, you know, I, I would love for it to be this way. I would love for it to be healthy and all these things. But if it's not, if that's not, that's not mine to call right now, like it's already happened, then you may go like, and not you may go like, please go like, please go. I am not up for that. And that is not what I'm inviting into my womb right now. So again, is that story? Is that coping? Am I delusional? It could be. It could be any of those things. However, I felt a distinct difference after that. And I felt a separation in a way between me and what was happening here even though it was happening in my body. So it was a really great thing. It was actually a really important thing that I felt I was able to do because there wasn't a whole lot else to do. And I think that is one of the frustrating parts, of course, of these kind of situations, whether you're five weeks, you're six weeks or eight weeks, whatever, is that sometimes we know that our bodies are on this track and there's really not a whole lot to do if you're one of those people that isn't going to go in and get the things done. And I'm not one of those people generally. Um, I wasn't going to go in and get tested and look at the ultrasound and blah, blah, blah. It's just not me. So I had to use the tools I have. And I'm so glad I have them. I'm so glad that you have them. We all have them as women. And they might look different. They might feel different. Your story could be completely different. But I think essentially this deep knowing and the power that we hold in our wombs for life or death really is all we've got sometimes because we don't control the world and we don't control what another soul does. Whew, that was a lot. So I'm just sitting here in my own chair feeling it. And so grateful so grateful for the support, grateful for uh, my church, which is known as the Pacific Ocean. So grateful for going to church every day this week. Got in the water today, fully in, got in, swam around, pretty cold. I mean, not really, but cold for here. And letting the earth heal me, letting nature do its thing, right? And all week, looking at the ocean, looking at the beauty here in nature, looking at the plants growing everywhere and reminding myself that nature knows that things grow and things die. And nature doesn't think about it. Nature doesn't scheme and plan. It's simply a matter of energy. So what's resonant is here. What's aligned is here and what is not goes back to the earth.
And thank you for listening. Thank you, all of you sweet listeners, no matter where you are on this globe, no matter where you are in time and space for holding me in this story, this very intimate story that I am only telling here. Sending love and light to all the women, all the women out there experiencing this or similar right now, because for many of us, it is a rite of passage. It is an initiation. Uh, It is part of the childbearing year for women everywhere in all cultures, in all places, of all ages, of all colors and religions. This is just part of what we are sometimes asked to bear. I'm feeling that. I'm just feeling the collective, feeling all the feelings, all the ways of being woman that we hold together, whether we are actually in this. Maybe you've never even been pregnant. I don't think it matters. And feeling this, feeling this ability to hold life and this ability to hold lots of things, really. Ability to hold the knowing and the mystery at the same time. It's really such a gift, isn't it? It's such a gift to have a womb, whether you use it for the creation of a baby soul or not. Uh, It is a gift. It is a gift to be given the wisdom that we hold there. So I am so, so grateful. I am grateful for this soul that passed through in the ways that they did. I am grateful for the being held by other women, by the earth, by my mother, the earth, and being held here on this podcast of sorts, which is a different kind of ceremony. So thanks again. I love you. Thank you for listening. And may your week be peaceful and joyful.